my people, this is the bonus room back again with your boy DJ Steffi and of course my brother Santi. We back man, bonus room man, we in the house man, today's gonna be a good episode. Yes sir. So yeah, today we have a very special guest, you know, uh, you may know him as uh, Andre Sinatra, you may know him as a lead singer of Ambiguous Culture, but today he goes by Vaya. Vaya, what's up man, yes, welcome sir. to the bonus room. How you doing bro? What to do fellas, thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And bro, we know we still got your posters up here in the bonus room. In the room. bonus room, indeed. They stood the test of time, man. So you really haven't left the bonus room, you know? Yeah, vintage pieces right there. <laughs> I know, right? A piece like of that. you has always been here, man. You never truly left. So welcome yeah. home, man. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Happy to be back, bro. <laughs> yes, sir. So uh, today we're going to be talking about, you know, uh, your musical journey as an artist, as a rapper, as a hip hop artist. Uh, some of the old music you did back in the day when you were first uh, starting out and some of the new stuff you have out lately. So uh, let's get right into it, man. So where did this musical journey particularly start? Like, when did you realize this is something I want to put time into, I want to put energy into, I want to be a musical artist? When did that start? Tell us about that. Um, well, for me, um, it probably started once I got to college, you know, right when I was 18, 19. Um, graduated, went out to Chicago, uh, to DePaul University for a few years, um, and just kind of got involved, like, got into the music scene, um, and, and some of the artists who were really, like, um, um, coming out at that time, and, um, but before that, I had always, like, like, you know, I loved listening to music, and I always kind of dabbled and kind of just experimented with poetry and writing and stuff like that. I just wasn't necessarily out there and performing, but I think once, I got to college and I was just out at school, you know, um, um, the more I thought about it and got into performing and stuff, uh, I grew to love it a lot more. Where it became a passion now? To a point where, yeah, it became a passion um, versus like, you know, like in years before, like it had just kind of always been just a very dormant idea in my head. And it yeah. wasn't until like around that time when I started to really kind of just uh, start to get out there and like... um. Now, did you have, like, friends who were doing music or um, family members who were, like, playing records all the time? Or Oh, yeah, definitely. I would probably say um, a, part, a lot of it had to do with uh, my brother, Piano Black, because um, uh, he's basically had been a musician, you know, playing guitar since he was, I think, like, 12 years old mm, and okay. stuff. And so, um, honestly, like, a lot of it had to do with him just because um, I always was you know, always looking up to him, you know, like, although I, I even I tried to like get into like playing bass and, you know, mm -hmm. instruments, you know, like, but it didn't necessarily like stick with me as much mm -hmm. as it stuck with him. But I always still felt like I, you know, I had some type of creativity, right. some type of musical creativity in me. And, you know, it was just trying to figure out how I wanted to convey that expression. And, um, and but you know even when we were young like I was always always a real 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 like just profound listener you know like um from you know the early Eminem CDs to all the different types of rock music and stuff that I grew up liking um you know like it, it would always just hit a little heavier with me and just like you know like used to just take my CD player my iPod everywhere with me your Walkman um you know like but in those <laughs> early years yeah. like yeah as far as like me trying to like put it out like it didn't really hit me until like i got to like my early college years yeah nice. that's crazy yeah because um man i remember i remember talking to you about music back when we used to work together back in the blaze pizza days and how 
I think one thing we connected on was our both our uh, eclectic taste in music. Like we both like every genre. No. Like we both fuck with like oldies, rock, hip hop, R and B, all that. And so we would just have long conversations about music and about the different artists we like. Cause uh, even listening to your music back then, I can tell there's like a lot of R and B influence. There's like a lot of Afro Latino influence, and so you had Definitely. all these influences coming into your sound. And so uh, has that always been the way you shape your music? It's always multiple influences coming into one. Yeah, definitely. Because I, you know, like my sound, you know, it's just a product of all these different things that I grew up um, right. being influenced by, you know, like because uh, especially as a, you know, young uh, Salvadorian American kid, you know, like grew up in, but grew up in South Central LA. So it's like, you know, I always had like all these like different tidbits of culture that I was pulling from, you know, um, obviously like with my Salvadorian family and stuff like that. Um, but also, you know, but also being a Latino kid growing up in Lamert Park, you know, like, which was at the time, you know, um, and still for the most part, a predominantly black area and stuff. So yeah. I feel like, um, early on, like a lot of those things, you know, was probably why, like I fell in love with like so much like hip hop culture and all that stuff. But, um, but, you know, I had I had people in my family who were heavy into rock music and then, you know, like and same thing, you know, like all the things that like my the types of genres my dad listened to and everything. And um, tell so, us about that. What kind of music would you listen to? Um, Well, my father, my, my dad, um, he a lot, a lot, a lot of classic rock, you know, so like all the, the Pink Floyd and like mm. the Led Zeppelins and like. All that type of stuff, but also still, you know, he liked, you know, all the same, all the Latin music, you know, like your your cumbias, cumbias and, and yeah. you know anything to dance to, like at a Latino party. Um, so, like all all those things, I feel like you know, like influenced me, like as far as like my sound and like um, vocally and everything like that, especially like um, a lot of a lot of the rock artists, you know, like as far as like how I like like to kind of you know, do my cadences and figuring out like my singing voice and all that stuff from, you know, all these different, uh, all these different things I pulled from. And then along with my brother too, you know, um, cause he, he actually, you know, he plays, um, so many instruments, um, a lot of the musical upbringing from him, you know, like, um, so a lot of stuff that he would always be like playing and stuff like I would just be kind of pulling from and still am to this day, you know? Yeah. He's still yeah. one of your main producers, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. He's still the the main guy who I'm always writing with, and um, definitely um, a lot of the the records I got coming out soon. Um, he's one of the the main guys behind it. Take take us through the DePaul days, cause he did he went to DePaul University in nice. Chicago. Okay, how did that kind of like? Is that where like your musical career kind of started? Cause what did you study? Um, at the time I I went out there to study accounting. Okay. Yeah, but obviously wow. just wasn't quite my forte. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of where, like, I think I really, really, like, formally decided, like, I really wanted to, like, you know, like, have a career in music and just yeah. like, really put music out. Um, uh, that was kind of, I had always kind of toyed with it, like, I think, like, you know, like, uh, throughout, like, my teenage years in high school and shit, like, um, yeah. you know, like, I wrote and put ideas down, but I never really, like, got out there and, like, really started performing and everything like that, like, so once I, like, started doing all that once I got to college, like, um, I just really, like, fell in love with it from there. Really? Yeah, because yeah. then uh, you did, like, two years there, right? And then you came back to L.A.? Yeah, I came back to L.A., yep. And that's when, yeah, just started working, you know, finding different 
you know, jobs and grinds and stuff like that, you know, to kind of find my way and like, um, yeah, pretty much. Uh, That's dope, man. Cause where are you and your family? I know you're Salvadorian, but like, where what part of LA did you grew up? Um, South Central, Lamert Park. Uh, hey. that's basically why i lived like the first 14 years of my life and pretty mm-hmm. much i was i pretty much always say i'm rooted around there but then um spent my high school years out in uh, the san gabriel valley in arcadia oh that's right wow. yeah 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 uh you went to arcadia high school yeah mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah i remember i think we, we spoke about that yeah, yeah so you spent so your high school years in arcadia you're in apache yeah arcadia <laughs> apache mm-hmm. so w- went out there for for the for the teenage years and then out to um out to Chicago you know uh, mm-hmm. once I graduated for a few years and then once I came back out here uh, uh, ultimately ended up going back out to L A back um, to South L A yeah yeah which is where I'm at now West Adams okay that's dope yeah. man you big Nipsey fan because you know Nipsey's from that area Crenshaw area and you know how do you how do you feel about that man because man I love Nipsey oh bro. Nipsey man um, that's one of the goats right there. Um, um, and for sure. even for me, um, like, uh, like one of the most impactful, I feel like artists like or influences like on, on like me, I would say, you know, man, and that, and I say that cause like I, I was a fan of him, like, um, you know, like very early on, like since he had dropped, like, you know, the marathon and like the, the, the first, uh, bullets ain't got no name, yeah. uh, mixtape. Mm. and stuff so like, i actually seen him live uh actually at the uh the house of blues on sunset yeah oh Which really wasn't there anymore before as well yeah. before yeah. it was torn down yeah and that correct. was in um um what year was i that? think it was in 2011 here i graduated wow. high school and um and so i'm always gonna you know remember this like for the rest of my life because uh i had a uh, at the time when i was in high school i had a german foreign exchange student uh my boy okay. max uh lives out there in germany and um uh so i just remember like um you know when he would uh he would he would visit you know i think i met him like the year prior but he basically like around that time would come visit me like almost like every year or so you know um and so like um i put him on with like with nip you know like with his music and shit at that time and he fucking loved it and stuff so one of the that year when he came uh, to visit me he was like yo like we actually got the tickets to go to the concert it was his idea you know like was uh, my german homie and so, like, and it was kind of crazy because, like, bro, like, at that time, you know, like, his fan base wasn't necessarily, like, that big. You know, it was the House of Blues. Yeah, like, man. It yeah. wasn't, like, where he was at, like, where he, you know, prior to his death, like, where he of was course. at at that level. And so, like, um, when we pulled up to the show, it was fucking crazy because, like, you know, like, long, basically, like, my German homie was, like, the only white dude, the yep. only German dude <laughs> in a sea of, like, all basically pretty much mostly black people yeah. and then Latino yeah. people, which probably the secondary group the there. Yeah. Was there. And it all was all Central. South Central, yeah. yeah. that's what I'm saying. All of South Central or whatever that was there. That's an organic show that you could remember for the rest and of like, your life, bro. That's and it was crazy. crazy because, like, you know, like, regard despite that, though, like, he actually had, like, the fucking time of his life. And, like, you know, like, um, you know, he was out there in the crowd, you know, singing the lyrics, you know, like w- wow. with other like, you know, fellow people that were there and shit like that. Damn. And, you know, That's like crazy. smoking with everybody that was out yeah. there and stuff, obviously pre COVID, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. at a time where you can do that, you know, like, and, um, so I, I actually always like, you know, like, um, it's crazy. Like I'm, I, I do feel like even more fortunate now that I was like, fuck, like I got, I, I you actually, got to experience, I that. got to witness him live yeah. and it was sick. He came out with like a live band and like, um, and like um yeah it was a dope ass show and even one of like 
and you know at that age because that was before i went to college so like mm-hmm. seeing that like um early on like you know like it, it inspired me like a lot you know like to really like um get into to music you know because especially in those early years you know he was writing like independent pretty much the yeah. whole time you know like um like um even though he had you know had he had done a couple things with like record labels early on it didn't work out and then towards the end you know like of, yeah of his, or, that's when he started to pop yeah, blow he, off, he yeah. i think had re-signed again you know like when it worked out better for him though you know like down the line but um yeah like and so just um seeing how hard he was grinding just like on the independent level like um i think in many ways that shit inspired me you know like just to be independent you know and just uh, be yourself and just be true to yourself and like you know stick to your guns like no matter yeah even if people don't understand it at first like wow so is he is he would would you say he uh nipsey hustle is one of your biggest influences in music oh yeah yeah, yeah. no doubt man dude I, I, along I, with who else i love nip um what when, when we say influences like it's or inspiration because there's, there's so, i mean because I, I like you know so many different genres like and like um vocalists and stuff right, like that right, you know right, like yeah. but as far as like one of my like, top like rappers like um yeah i would say he's one he's been one of the most like impactful you know like because uh I kind of, you know, grew up with him in that sense, right. like, from when yeah. I was, like, in high school to where I'm at now. Yeah. Um, no, because, like, I feel like every musician, like, they've either heard a song, an album, or they've seen an artist where they say, I want to do that, or I want to make something like this, or I want to do stuff like this. You know what I mean? So I feel like, would Nipsey Hussle be one of those for you, where, like, you would hear his music and yeah, yeah. be like, yo, like, this this inspires me to write. No, this inspires yeah, no me doubt, to rap. no doubt. Even though, like, even though I have like a way different style upbringing than him, you know what I'm saying? Cause I've never been like a gangster or, you know, or been gang affiliated, like, right. you know what I'm saying? But again, like, I feel like, uh, part of the reason though, why, like, I think I like it or it should resonated so much with me because even if you weren't necessarily a gangbanger, like I feel like there still was an overall message of him, um, Doing, talking about the stuff I had, you know, just said, like, just overcoming adversity, just and overcoming yeah. adversity, you right. know what I'm saying? Like, um, just sticking to your guns and like, um, perseverance, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. persevering and the all marathon continues. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I feel like that's kind of why, like, um, and obviously even when his music or like when he, when he got to like a much bigger, like, uh, platform, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's why I, I think, and that's why I think ultimately, I think that's kind of what, he became a symbol for or is a symbol for you know what i'm saying like people like uh you know the marathon continues like you said mm-hmm. like um people i feel like who like nipsey i feel like uh, i always say this but like man like you know like especially when i hear like his shit like you know like um you know you play it for motivation he has a song called motivation and yep. like um and but it's true though I'm you so know like bro like you know like song. how many yeah. so many people i know like you know like uh oh yeah like I'm gonna go work out. I'm gonna go to the gym, and they want to play Nipsey. And Grinding like, all my life, or yeah, you know, like <laughs> mar- you know, Mondays. Oh, I'm playing Nipsey because it's Marathon Mondays to start yeah. off my week. Yeah. You know what I'm saying to make sure I get off. You know, like on the right foot and all that stuff. So I think that there is like, uh, like a spiritual energy there. Like you know, like with him in that sense, like that, like uh, uh of the symbolism of what uh, or the symbol of what he became. Like ultimately, you know. Um, and I guess and always was, you know, when he was still alive. He just yeah. never got a fair shot, man, because like that album finally like got recognized Blew by up. the Grammys. Like it was just like he died he, like an LA guy too, that's bro. What I'm, I'm, I'm saying, I'm just, I feel like you're right. He was never really that big. Like I feel like YG was more popular at its yeah, time. Oh yeah, you know? yeah. YG, YG definitely like, had more. 
definitely yeah. more commercial success. Exactly, than YG. right? Yeah, and, and that's it, what I mean. Like, because I'm yeah. saying Nipsey, he didn't really get that until the end, kind of like yeah. right before he passed. Yeah, where he got yeah. nominated for a Grammy, yeah. and the people are like, oh, who's Nip? Because it was all mixtapes, bro. Like, yeah. it was really. Didn't he have a song in the Black Panther album? Or am I, am I thinking of something uh, else? I think so. Oh, the Black. Oh, oh the. I don't mind. No, 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 I don't know. That's Kendrick. Kendrick had that. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. He never had that true commercial. He never had stadiums. You know what I'm saying? He never had like a world yeah, he tour. He wasn't like an yeah. arena rapper. He, he was like, like an that. independent, upcoming, and yeah. like, but people in the game respected him. Is like, man, he's so true to himself. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. he doesn't have a world tour like J. Cole or Kendrick or nothing like that, or even a na- national tour. Mm-hmm. But he's still one of the realest dudes. And anyone that really knows him, like, game, game was really cool. Game was way more popular than it, bro. Like yeah. t- to be honest, Game was mm-hmm. one of the most popular rappers in like LA. On a commercial for a long time. level, yeah. yeah, commercial, yeah on a commercial level. level. Like yeah, yeah. he's traveling he's like, to New York. He's going to Miami. Like Nip really didn't have that recognition. And people were like, "Why is Nip not like that?" Because he stayed true to himself. Yeah, you know he what I'm never saying. Compromised. He talked like about businesses, commercial real estate. Like he yeah. talked about stuff like try to get out the hood and but give back to the hood. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. his store is right there. I don't know if you guys been to it recently, but like they shut down. They shut down that whole little mall area. No, I've, like, I haven't been to it. No. Yeah, I don't know what they're gonna build, but they fenced it off and they just people sell shirts and stuff. But yeah, man, I'm like, I'm curious. They're, to see they're what gonna, they're gonna build do. a. Um, what are they gonna build? Like, let me know. It's gonna be a monument, actually. Oh, for oh, real? Yeah, really? it's gonna be. Um, Cause I believe right, a tower, like a tower mm, monument. That's dope. So, did they buy yeah. out those businesses or those people sold their real estate? Because it was like well, a donut he, well, shop. It was like he, a, he ultimately ended, owned the corner. Oh, okay, cool. At so the time of he, his passing, because uh, um, he didn't obviously like you know like they used to like at one point, just like trap drugs and like you know yeah. like. Yeah. And the alley right there and everything, and but back, once, yeah. but once you know he was successful, he actually ended up buying that. Cool, I don't know. He bought the whole block, so that's cool. So I didn't, I didn't know that. That's yeah. the corner, oh, man. No, that, corner. That, that, I, yeah. I thought he had his store and a couple of the spots next. Or so I didn't he, know he, he owns that little strip mall or that, whatever. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So because the Fat Burgers right there, and they got the new uh, train. I've actually never been out there. Oh, bro, you yeah. didn't leave no flowers when you you passed. Nah. I mean, to be honest, I wasn't like a huge Nip fan. See, that's what I'm saying. But yeah. it's like I respected him as an artist. But I just didn't. I didn't listen yeah. to a lot of his deep cuts. I knew okay. his hits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, which I yeah, yeah. That's what I'm yeah. like a lot I didn't. As a lot of people. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was you know I think you were one of the first people that turned me on to Nip mm. um, back in the day because he would because when we would open and just so everyone knows. Uh, me and uh, Valle used to work together at Blaze Pizza, La Cunada. Just Blaze? Store number five. <laughs> and uh, we Store number five. I like we were the fifth store to open. I remember that. Were uh, we really? I, don't, I didn't even Yeah, know. bro. <laughs> <laughs> we were, out of all the Blaze Pizzas now in the world, we were at the fifth one to open. That's crazy, right? That's big time, bro. Nah, we weren't the fifth. Yeah, I bro. Sworn they had more at that nah, time. They had Irvine. They had Pasadena. And then was, I don't. They were was number three and four. I don't know what three because I remember they would Glendale they, or some shit. Because remember we had no, to go Glendale through that whole. Later. Glendale came later. Yeah. We had to go go through that whole training before the store even opened. I remember that was one of the things they said. You guys are the fifth store to open, so you guys like set the standard. Dude. Culver you City, know? I think. Culver, yeah. maybe Culver they City. They had two more. Culver, yeah, there's three and, and four. They got La yeah, I, I know there's oh. Irvine and Pasadena because Irvine was number one, Pasadena was number two, yeah, yeah, and then we were fifth. We were five because you know LeBron bought a lot of Blaze and put them all in while we were working there. He yeah. he bought he well, invested. Now that shit's like national, everywhere, like, yeah, everywhere. 
everywhere. Yeah, it's yeah, huge. It's, it's the biggest everywhere. like create your own pizza chain in the in the country. It's the biggest one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and yeah. that's what they wanted. They were trying to beat out Pyology, Pizza Rev, there were all these other they're, ones they're that were starting one, it up. Yeah. And then I remember like we're gonna beat them. They got the keto crust now. I went to Blaze the It's bomb, bro. It's a little expensive. I but still go bomb. to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, every now and then. Yeah, every now and then yeah, I go. There's one by SC, so yeah, yeah. I've been to that one. They got the Soriso now, man. They got all sorts of shit. I feel bad for them because that's more work for them, bro. Like they got double crust and all sorts of shit. That's more work. So. They do a large pizza oh, yeah, now. Yeah, they do the yeah. yeah. They do, so yeah. I, yeah, they got way more. Yeah, we we just had to focus on like the the one pizza, and that's it. You got one that crust or a gluten free cuss, and that was it. You know, you didn't have all this other shit. But anyway, uh, we would open together, and this guy would play music while he was opening, getting his because he was a pizza smith. Pizza so he was Smith. in charge of cooking the pizzas. I like that name. And so uh, he would play music, and I remember Nip was one of the ones he played because he you turned me on. Remember the first song to, you heard from Nip? I don't know. I didn't oh, know okay. the name of the song. I just oh, remember okay. hearing his voice because yeah. he had such a distinct voice. Yep. Yeah, and um, I remember he said it was Nipsey Hustle. I was like, oh, that's kind of dope name. Mm, he yeah. also turned me on to Anderson Pack. Oh what? Yeah, you put he, Stephon Anderson Pack. Yeah, bro. He like you put me on the Venice album. My boy remember, from the Nard. Bro, Dang. Anderson Pack is like one of my favorite artists. You know, ever. He's, oh, I love you know, yeah, you know he's Anderson fucking Pack. with Bruno Mars right now. They have. I know. I heard thing. the song. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're yeah, doing their yeah, disco yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy for them. Yeah. They're their funk thing. So. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. so I mean, Nip Nipsey, like he's gonna be one of the godfathers of LA hip hop. Oh, you know, yeah, he's gonna sure. he's on the Mount Rushmore of LA hip hop. You speak to anyone who's into hip hop. They tell you like they're Nip fans, like, and he's he's yeah. that guy. So yeah, and, and that's another uh, Anderson Pack, another um, impactful artist for me. I would oh, say, dope. bro, I love Even Anderson Pack. In the past like five years, I would say like, um, and he too, just because um, he's an LA artist. You know yep. what I'm saying. Um, um, even though he's from Oxnard, Oxnard, but, uh, yeah, yeah. But even too, like his, uh, you know, like he came from Oxnard. You know, moved out to like LA, Koreatown, mm-hmm. and um. But um, I uh, apart from just loving his music, um, his story I think is just tight too. You know, like, with his um, mom, like yeah, yeah, like and just um, you know how he too I think is one of those people that I think like had to like overcome a lot, a lot of adversity. He's biracial, you know he's was, half black, half Asian. Was, um, I think was like slept on, kind of yeah. like you know, like at first, you know, mm-hmm. like um, cause uh, you know, he he started off, you know, like playing with just him and his band and everything yeah. like that, and um. But um, he kind of brought. I feel like he kind of brought like live acoustic sounds back to R and B. I feel yeah. like at that time, like especially with Malibu, at that time with like Trey songs and like uh, um, who were the other R and B artists at that time? Like uh, Leo, Trey songs, but, Chris but was, Brown. was also yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, like it was yeah. more of an electronic sound. It was more of a highly produced. And uh, he sure. kind of brought it back to like yeah. funk. And and using guitars yeah, yeah. and basses and, and real mm-hmm. drums and because Malibu is one of my favorite albums of all time. I, yeah. I, I yeah, love, love Malibu. Malibu, yeah. Malibu is amazing. Yeah, and, same, same here. And like um, and what was tight is that like just his come up out here like um, he's like very um, I guess you could say like well respected like throughout yeah. like the underground community mm-hmm. out here because um, among artists he and stuff. actually you know like um, you know like he he you know, came up playing in, like, the, the low-end theory scene, mm-hmm. you know, like, of, of you know, from the old airliner. From the old airliner in Lincoln Heights, yeah. And stuff like that, though. So, like, he, you know, was a part of that. Um, uh, Bananas, which is, like, this other, like, underground event they do in, like, um, in Leimert Park. Um, and so, um, he came like, up through uh, that? I didn't know yeah. he did low-end theory. Yeah, oh, yeah. He, he, yeah. he used to, I think he performed there, like, several times. Really? Then, Damn. And so, I um, I was there for that. but yeah, like, so he, he went through like a lot of the old, like LA, like stomping grounds, like, um, 
yeah. far as like you made his rounds venues and places and stuff like Pays that you dues. know so i think that's like was kind of tight like um and so like he had like i think several years you know what i'm saying where um he was like you know he had a following but he wasn't necessarily like at the level where he's at now where now you could stay right. he's kind of getting more like on that commercial level yeah you know? like but yeah. um even though his last album ventura i felt like was still really him did you listen to it? Well, yeah, he is. Well, I, I, like I feel he hasn't like, really switched over to that side I, I too much. You know what I mean? Yeah, he hasn't. To be honest, like him with Bruno Mars now feels like probably going to be the, yeah. I think what's going to be his best or highest selling stuff just because he's with Bruno. He's with you Bruno. Know, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you're right though. You're right though. I do think overall, like, um, he's stuck I've always to his said sound. that is that like, um, he, he doesn't do like commercial numbers, but he gets like commercial recognition, you know, because exactly. he's won Grammys. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's on Modelo commercials <laughs> and shit like that, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, then that's yeah, because yeah. he's with Interscope, you know? Like, yeah. so, like, you know, like Dre and them, like, they're mm-hmm. going to, like, they're pushing them. Even if, like, you're, you're not necessarily, like, top 10, like, you know, you're going to get, you're going to get your commercials, you're going to get your, your, your sponsorships yeah. and, like, all that stuff. And, um, and he deserves it, you know what I'm saying? Cause, like, yeah. like I said, like, I, I do voice. think, like, you know, yeah. like, artists like you know like like him should get you know what i'm saying more spotlight or they should get more play on the radio yeah. like um he had a unique sound i think venice i think venice was a great album too mm-hmm. um but uh his oxnard album i wasn't a huge fan of but ventura i loved ventura like he did a song with Smokey robinson like it oh was, yeah yeah it was dope man it was yeah, dope. people know him man in the industry people yeah you know people was, who are like who know music and know good music yeah. know who Anderson Pack is. Oh, yeah. exactly. Like the yeah. average listener doesn't. Now I, they now might they because now. of Bruno Mars. Yeah. But before then, the average listener didn't know who Anderson Pack. I still drop Anderson Pack to like people and they don't even really? know who he is. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. but his songs yeah. been in commercials now. Like I feel like he's. But those got, are like commercials. Like who watches commercials now? Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like I, I guess I hear his song and like, yeah. oh shit, they're using his track. You recognize he's other performed people? at the Grammys yeah. already. Like people know him. Like. Yeah, but not, everyone, not everyone watches the grant. I'm saying that yeah. to the average listener, to okay, the average okay. listener. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, average, if you're into music, you know who you should know who yeah. Anderson Pack is. And if yeah. you don't, then like check him out because he's great. Because he's and I'm glad I kind of got him like kind of early because when he turned me on to him it was right the year before Malibu came out, and then Malibu came out and it was he did yeah. a song "Am I Wrong" with the Schoolboy Q. Like it was, oh, man, I love that record. It was, yeah. it was such a good School, album. Yeah. But yeah, yeah Anderson Pack is one of those guys that like, fuck, I can't wait to see what else he does. I've seen him only perform live once at yeah. Hard Summer. Mm. I remember we had just got there and he was performing. And he that, that when we just walked in, I was that like, when we just I was, walked I was in, my brother, bro. bro, we gotta get there because he's mm. performing. And I want to see him. You're right. That was we my were. first time. Too, yeah, that was me. I was the one who was rushing y'all. And, uh, and we and we just walked in. Yeah, yeah. I and he, and we but just I wanted to go because he was. Remember I told you I was surprised he they invited him. But I think it was after it. Malibu. It was 2016. Yeah, so like, but it's you know. like it's hard summer. It's not his scene. But I think oh. he went like to grow a crowd to kind of grow. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. that was the year I think Malibu came out. So he yeah. was like doing like all kinds of stops all and like kinds of different stuff. festivals but helped, and everything. I, I saw him that year too. Um, okay. At uh, I saw him at the Palladium. I oh, wish I went so, to that show. That was I should have gone that to that same show. year. That was the yeah. one that was that in that December of that year. In December, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I was being a cheapskate and I didn't buy tickets. That. Tickets were cheap too, I bet, compared to now. Nah, they're probably like, what fifty, I think, at the time. They were, they, they, they were up Anderson. there. No, they they were like a hundred bucks. Almost yeah, they weren't. It, it was up bad. there, but I remember um, me and my bros like we really, really wanted to go, like, cause um, yeah, you know, like um, we just wanted to go so bad, so we just said fuck it, and then um, <laughs> we went, dude. But that was actually like um. 
That's one of the best that, shows. That was one of the greatest shows like yeah. I, I'd ever been to. Like, you know, like just concert experiences. Because it's so intimate. You're and right like, there um, with him. Those Palladium like, shows like, are good. Yeah, yeah I, my first time at first and only time I've been to the Palladium. Oh, right. Really? And first... so I saw the Palladium for the first time and like yes. it, it sounds so great in there. It and sounds like, yeah. dope. I love and, um, Palladium shows because it's but, intimate. Intimate, yeah. But that show, why. that show was real special that year too, because um he uh that was like I think his only actual LA venue stop, you know, like cause he had been doing festivals, yeah. you know, and he toured like the rest of the country and he toured Europe, but he hadn't done the LA stop that mm. year. And then, so he saved it towards the end. And um and so that show was tight though because he brought out like um all kinds of special guests. Like he really? like he um had like a full on like um like a set like on stage, like like a little house like set like mm. on stage, like wow. it looked like a little mini like saloon. And um, but he had yeah, brought out like I think uh, Busta Rhymes. He brought out um, Stevie Wonder. Oh shit! Came out at one point, you know, Damn. like um, T.I. came out as well. T.I. came out too. Yeah, that's crazy. Damn. Yeah, dude. So like, it, it was dope, and like um, and cause you know, like uh, he had like the set, like he like kind of was like he incorporated like some skits and like mm. all kinds of stuff. So like, it was dope, dude. Oh, he had it was uh, him in the Free Nationals. Yeah, and he also had um. You have anyone from TDE? He, he had a symphony orchestra. I forgot the name oh. of the the orchestra, but then he had like he had like a four or five piece orchestra wow. that played along with the Free Nationals in the band. And everything that's crazy. And, and so that was like the only I think actual show that like had all that stuff at that yeah. one. So like yeah, yeah. He's he's on the list of mine. Like if there's like a top ten musical artists, I would love to sit down and have a conversation with Anderson Pack is one of those. Just because I feel like his musical mind is like just amazing. Like. It's just like he 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 brought this contemporary funky sound that mm-hmm. like it respects the past but feels and sounds so new. Yeah. It's just like I haven't like Bruno Mars kind of does that too on a more commercial level, and so that's why when they paired up and did that song, I was like, "Yo, this." Oh, is, I'm hype! I'm hype yeah. for the album. I, I feel like it, it's gonna be tight. Like it's gonna know, be dope because like, you know Bruno Mars like has Bruno his Mars little and, band. Yeah, and obviously, just him being like on the 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 more like we said like more commercial yeah. level, but him like. Just just knowing that it's just two great musicians, you know right. what I'm saying? Like coming together, yeah. That, like Bruno can sing his ass off, you know, like yeah. and, and play and like, you know, they bo- they're both like multi instrumentalists mm-hmm. and everything, mm-hmm. you know, and like yeah. and, and not only that, but um they both have great bands like Free Nationals, yeah. but um Bruno Mars actually too. Yeah, um, they have his own band. His too. band, uh, the Smeezingtons. Yeah. Um those fuckers are they're great, great musicians and like um you know what I'm saying? Like, are up there with the best of them. So I just feel like yeah, it made sense so, when they got so together. So many brilliant minds. Yeah. So many brilliant minds. Like, um, getting together. To imagine those music, studio like, sessions, bro. Yeah, Crazy. yeah. I can't imagine. I can't even. Crazy, imagine. bro. <laughs> like just coming in and that's that's amazing. No, so I'm I'm hyped for that. The, the yeah. Silk Sonic. That's what they're called, right? Yeah. Silk Sonic. They're they're doing. And when I heard, I was like, Yo, I, this makes so much sense. Of course they would do a collab. Like, of course, like, bro, they're they're fucking. They're like they're like. Yeah, well, you know, like, he toured with him, right? And so oh, I didn't know that when you do so that? That, that, but it was a European leg. Uh, mm. It was, um, I was like, shit, I would have went to that he like, was an opener. Yeah. He that So that, that's kind of where it and started. Pack was opener. Yeah. He, oh, okay. yeah, he opened up for him, but in Europe though. Mm. Yeah. Cause otherwise, I mean, that would have been a hell of a show out here. Cause yeah. Was, Bruno like, Mars did two world tours. Mm-hmm. Him and yeah. Justin Bieber, like one of the few people that went back to back. Cause remember he got the Super Bowl and he Who, just, Bruno. Yeah. yeah. Oh, remember okay. he did the super, he did the Super Bowl like twice. Mm-hmm. That's what to me Bruno Mars is like one of the he's gonna be like the biggest like to me he's like he's like up there with well, Michael. You, you love like, Bruno Mars. I'm a huge fan of Bruno Mars. Yeah, you and love we always him. have oh, this yeah. constant battle of, of 
Uh, Stefan always says, I put you on Bruno I Mars. I did put him on a Bruno Mars. No, he didn't, man, because I listened right, to a lot of radio back in the day. And Amp <laughs> Radio, like, hey, this new track with B.O.B. Nothing. Yeah. That, was, that, first, that was the first track Bruno yeah. Mars was on, B.O.B. So yeah, like, one of B. O. B. them. Guy. Well, first then, commercial, yeah. And, the, and then this featuring this Bruno, Bruno Mars guy, I was like, oh. And then Stefan's is like, yo, you got to check out this song. I'm like, I know I heard it earlier because it's New Year's Eve. You know what I'm saying? It was around oh, yeah. that time. You will agree to disagree. <laughs> All right. But I know Bruno start. I mean, his story, too, because he came from Hawaii and he, yeah, grew, yeah. he was living poor. Bro, Bruno Mars was selling instruments just to pay rent and mm-hmm. get studio time. So, like, I feel like him and Anderson Pack have, like, a mm-hmm. lot in common. Yeah. Like, they're very true S- artists. Similar struggles, similar exactly. similar adversity, you know? They're, they're very, like, unique and they, you know, Bruno writes Both a lot. came up out here in L.A., but yeah. exactly. moved out here, you know? Yeah. yeah. The struggle. They lived it, you know? Like, yeah, like... Cause Bruno, man, he writes, produces, and he, he plays a lot of his instruments. Yeah. Dances, he's a dances, great dancer. Like I, I hear, bro, like great um, performers. I, I actually want to see him live. Um, oh. Like next, there's ever another tour. Oh, you know, soon. Like when I, Silk I Sonic does a tour, I'm there. Yeah. Everybody down, I know, everybody I know. Oh, that would we be should. Fun. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. That 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 my mom wants to see. I would be there for that. Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. I took my mom to see Bruno Mars for our first time. Bruno Mars, uh, we saw him at the uh, no forum. Yeah, the forum. You'll see every single color, shape, and size. You even see grandmas and grandpas with walkers in there. I was blown away. His clientele. And I was like, I see why he went on two two world tours. So yeah. when Silk Sonic comes out, man, then you know how Bruno Mars got his own rum right now. Mm-hmm. Like he's pr- uh, producing his own rum. So I'm like, man, man, he's the, the, they're doing yeah, their thing. But, right. but every, yeah, everybody tells me that um he's a hell of a performer, dude. Like yeah, um, yeah, I've never, I haven't seen him, seen him yet. Like, yeah. He well, he's definitely on the list then. Yep, yep. But um, so what you working on right now? But hey, what's going on, man? Tell us what's going on. Um. So I just been uh trying to get ready to release my first uh uh the first Valle EP, basically. Okay. That's kind of just where where I've been lately. Um, you got you got four tracks, right? Four singles um, that are available on Apple Music. I think it's Vibes with You. Yeah, Zodiac. I, I just I just been dropping like singles as like uh little one offs. You know, um, mm-hmm. everything that's gonna be on the EP is gonna be like um completely fresh and new. Um, but that's kind of just where I've been is just trying to put out the the next like um project um i've kind of like it's i've i've ping-ponged a bit you know like uh over the past couple years with like just different songs and like different ideas and stuff like that um but um you know like it it was sucks because like you know i was like unfortunately set back you know with Mm. like as far as like releasing like a lot of music you know like in like yeah. I have like all kinds of videos and like yep. performances and like things like that that I was like um trying to get out um but you know like the the pandemic kind of um fortunately made things like a little bit hard so yeah. I just uh the past couple months and everything just really doubled down on just recording and just trying to finish you know like and just keep writing you know what I'm saying mm. like even though like I haven't been able to put out as much stuff as frequently as I like to, you know what yeah. I'm saying? I, I'm always still writing, just always like rehearsing and always like practicing and everything. And um, so just getting ready for this next, uh, this next EP, this next project, um, and like everything that's like coming with it, you know, um, and not just necessarily that, but just other type of content, you know, like um, other like videos, yeah, and, like, more merch and like mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. like that, like um. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think that's a good idea because I think what we were kind of um, discussing uh, earlier was that uh, 
that you realize as an independent artist that there's a lot to the business side and there's a lot to the content side. That's not just about like the music. Like, you know, you have to like promote yourself, like you said, with merch and your, and your, you know, your, uh, your identity as an artist and doing videos and doing photos. I think that's something like even we realize as like podcast hosts that, you know, that we want to implement more of a visual aspect and we want to implement more of an engagement with like our audience. And so those are all factors now that a lot of people who participate in creative arts are things they have to consider and learn how to master in order to really like, um, blow up, gain a wider audience. And so yeah. I think, I think that's something we've all kind of discovered. And, um, so, so yeah. what do you have like an expected drop date? Like, or I, do you like a I certain time period? Now. I don't as of now. I'm just kind of ma- uh, just trying to finish like everything right now. I already though. I would say I have like I have like five or six songs already that I've been pulling. Okay. And stuff like that, and um, like uh, some of them are already done. Um. But um, but I still have to like um. And s- some of the other ones, I have, like, pieces of them, mm-hmm. like, done. And so I'm just trying to, like, chip away, like, um, right. as much as I can, you know. Like, um, I've been uh, trying to get my own studio, like, up and running, like, in my... Okay. In the place where I live at in now. In your apartment, yeah. Because um, one of the sucky things about the past year was, like, when the pandemic hit. Like, you know, like, um, um, I've always, like, outsourced, like, having to go record, like, at, like, other people's studios. Right. Or, like... Yeah other people's labs and um and you know even when i was doing stuff uh with uh ambiguous culture like you know we had when i was living with my brother at that time you know we have uh you know he had like his recording equipment there so right. uh, like um being able to record and things like that were a lot more accessible but once pandemic hit and like a lot of people who you know like especially when it first started like it was really hard to like you know link up with people and everything like that um and so all the stuff that I've been able to do, I've been able to do like when I um link up with my brother Piano Black and we've been able to just work on it then and there. But um but yeah, it just it just set back it just set me back like like a ton with like um just trying to like you said, like not necessarily so much the music, you know, because like, no matter what I always I've always kept busy with the writing. Right. But just really just trying to figure out like what what my next wave of like branding and like like we're talking about just like my next like you know as far as like identity like with all that stuff is and really just like how do i engage more with it Mm -hmm. you know because the game has changed like um you know the game has changed from 2014 like you know yeah to now 2015 like when i was um putting music out then where like doing shows like at that time like um you know it was still like the end of like the blog era kind of so like you really like at that time I was just my goal was you know get music out and then try to send it to you know to these gatekeepers mm-hmm. and these tastemakers you know who, who independent whether, record labels whether they're journalists and, yeah. or, or record people you know and then see if somebody picks it up but now like it's changed where like you can promote your shit like on your own you know what I'm saying and you can you can you know get your audience like you know and like use it you know, and have, like, your own fan base and, you know, and legitimately, like, um, really do it for a living, you know, like, without even having to get, like, coverage or having to get, like, you know, like, um, necessarily, like, any attention from, like, any major, like, tastemakers or, or mm. playlist makers and stuff like that. Although, don't get me wrong, like, if I can get 
you know, p- put on like big playlists or things of that nature. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's all great. You know. Um, right. But I think now, like my my attention and my focus has shifted more to like just trying to um, be real consistent and be engaging with the the stuff that I do have now, like going forward. So that way, you know, I I can you know once things are out, like I can just keep promoting them. You know what I'm saying? And really just cater to the people who. Who, who do fuck with, you know, like my music and my sound and all that stuff. Right. And then, and just kind of going from there, even if it is like on a guerrilla style level, you know, like, um, just really creating my own promotional machine mm-hmm. versus like just trying to like appeal to like higher ups. Right. You know? And part personally too, like, and because from what I'm seeing even now too, is that most of the time people, you know, who even are like tastemakers or, people who you know can give people exposure you know like a lot of times they're not even really trying to like invest themselves like they only really want to like pick people who they've already seen have created that that model for themselves already you know like um, yeah so it's it's a, it's a different era like um as far as like how, how how stuff's changed and so for me it's just trying to adapt with it you know right. like um um, during the, you know, the most unprecedented times, you know, yeah. like in the world, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah. So you, uh, you first started off as uh, Andre Sinatra mm-hmm. and then uh, you release Generation Why Not. Take us through that. How that come about? How did that kind of like shape your musical career? Um, Well, that that's always like uh, where I started. Um, When I look back at that, like, um, um, yeah, Andre Sinatra, that was my first name when I first started rapping, you know, like, and it just came from, you know, a lot of people, my name being Andres, um, you know, some people call me Andre, and then I always liked Frank Sinatra, so I fused the two together, but, um, um, you know, like, that that was kind of where, where it all started, you know, like, for me, just, like, as far as, like, my first bits of, tidbits of even just getting out as a performer, you know, getting my first um, recordings out, you know, like, um, so, like, uh, but it, it it definitely like um just shaped me in the sense of like just you know learning like I feel like everything from then on like as I you know like I I I've tried to make it you know better and just kind of right. improve with everything that I do and like um and yeah like um and obviously the name change you know um really um really only came about really just because of a uh, uh, fact that there was already a more established um. A DJ, DJ. <laughs> out here in Los Angeles, yeah. uh, you know, Dre Sinatra, um, who I had actually heard about after the fact that yeah. I had uh, named myself that, though. And so, like, um, when uh, I was, I would get a lot of calls and a lot of texts from people who would be like, yo, I heard you on the radio. <laughs> stuff like that, bro. Like, oh, shit. Like, I can't believe it was you. And then I'd be like, what? For real? <laughs> I was like, what song? And then like, what? What? Like, for real? Like, That's like dumb, you know, man. like the generation, why not? They Some yeah. of the cuts made it, you know, like onto the t- onto the radio or whatever. And, and like, like, no one told me what? And then I would look into it and then I would be like, oh, no, it's a it's a DJ named Dre Sinatra. Yeah. So that that's really what led to to the name change. Um it wasn't so like um really just that like you know it wasn't necessarily like um you know like i just got tired of it or got old you know like totally got old because shit had it had there not already been one out there i probably would have stuck with it you know yeah. like, but <laughs> but why is dope 
man. Like but, it's like a rebranding. Like it's still it's a good name, bro. You know. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. And then and Valle, um, I just went with that because uh, like um, I don't know, just trying to figure out like names and monikers for myself. I was just like, well, you know what, man? Like I'm just gonna go with you know my actual birth name, like that. You know my parents uh have or whatever, but. I spelled it differently because um, as far as, like, branding and, like, um, you know, r- rights to, like, names and stuff like that, I don't want to use, like, my actual family name, mm. you know, like, the actual spelling. Yeah. And that's just... Um, V-A-L-L-E. Yeah, yeah. And that's just because of, um, you know, like, I took an ode from, like, kind of what happened to Prince, you know, like, because um, Prince is, um, that's his actual birth name. And stuff, and oh, so like, so once he actually like you know got successful and stuff like that, it became a whole crazy dispute about um his name being you know like in you know its own copyright or whatever on its own yeah. like the name Prince, and so when you um you know all these deals um these record deals and these companies you know like when people sign off like they'll even sign off for like the rights to their name mm. and stuff like that though, and so I just um wouldn't want to do like any type of like contractual things using you know like my actual actual family name so i just kind of created like an alternative spelling for it um okay well um, i like it it's it's valley in spanish you know and you got to go through the valleys to get to the to the mountaintops and <laughs> i like it man buy it no doubt thank you <laughs> well uh also take us through your next musical project after generation why not and after andre sinatra you joined the band you were the lead mm-hmm. singer of ambiguous culture take us through that yeah, correct. So, um, yeah, so after I had, um, so, um, after I was doing, like, uh, I dropped that first, uh, mixtape as Andre Sinatra, um, ended up around that time moving back to, um, LA back to South Central West Adams. And so, um, with, uh, my brother Piano Black. And so once we moved back, um, we kind of ended up forming a band, um, with a few other musicians. Um, and then that's what became of like ambiguous culture. And, um, but, uh, the the main writers for it it was basically me um piano black and then my other homie uh andrew uh andrew greta also known as uh, drew on the bass on instagram and um so uh he was a good friend of ours and stuff and once we had moved back to the city um he uh we met him through a homie of mine named caesar um and my homie caesar was uh somebody i, I grew up with uh, in middle school and stuff like that, and he was a musician, you know, um, he plays, like, trumpet and stuff like that, and so, uh, the homie, he actually had even played, a uh, trumpet on, um, Generation Why Not on one of the songs on there, if I'm not mistaken. He was also on Ambiguous Culture's, uh, EP. And he, uh, and he, yeah. and he would end up, um, yeah. doing some contributions on there, but, um, but yeah, long-time, uh, homie slash musician friend of mine, and so when I moved back to LA, I uh, linked up with him, and then he was like, yo, like, I have this other homie, Andrew, who would want to play bass with you guys. And so, you know, um, so we were able to put out, spend a couple of years playing together and stuff like that. We're able to churn out two EPs like um, in that whole process. Um, and yeah. so what was like your guys' sound? Because it was a very unique sound. It was um, it was all acoustic, right? For the most part, I believe. Well, it, was, it, it wasn't all acoustic. Like we had like, you know, we definitely had like... Mm synth and you know, yeah that's, electric that's true. guitar we had guitars like yeah. all kinds of uh instrumentation on it but um because i remember going to your i think i went to a show of your guys's 
it was here in Highland Park. And uh, it was because like it was a super live ba- band sound. It was like it was kind of like I wouldn't say it was like Red Hot Chili Peppers because I was like more of a ska punk kind of sound with with hip hop. But it was like you rapping and singing along to this like um, unique rock and roll sound. And so was that was that always the intention for you guys? You just kind of wanted to bring something very unique to your audience. Um, yeah, you know we we never really specified anything as far as like genre i mean we knew obviously that like i rapped you know like <laughs> and so like but but even then so obviously we knew you know to the very root of its core obviously it was gonna be hip-hop and rap but mm-hmm. as far as like all the the sub genres and the alternatives we never really like said like oh yeah this is gonna be like it's gonna be funk and r&b and like all this we just kind of you know always went with whatever you know, idea or whatever stuff we were feeling. Obviously, it, it just happens to sound like that, you know, because um, that's basically the shit that, you know, we've always been influenced by, you know what I'm you saying? You guys are just like jam. The, the funk and all that stuff. And then my boy Drew, like, you know, when once he linked up with us, you know, like he just was with it, you know, so. um, But um, but we ne- never, no, we never really like set out like, oh, yeah, this is like what the, the sound is going to be like, you know, like we were just kind of, just going with whatever you guys you just know, played whatever you yeah. know just came to mind and stuff like right that. it was yeah. all improvised and all like well in the studio sessions you guys would just like play and yeah well i mean not it wouldn't be like improvised like i mean certain aspects of it you know like but you know we we would still like come together like collectively to like write you know like like i said you know like my my bro you know like piano black maybe you know he'd have a riff and then maybe drew can add a bass line um but um a lot of it was was mainly him though like um because mm. um he he would sometimes put, put more than it wouldn't just be an instrument sometimes he would have like a core beat you know like ready for us and stuff like that with drums and bass and everything like that and then we would kind of just go from there you know like and you know what i'm saying like mm. kind of pick things yeah and build off of that yeah yeah, yeah and then just kind of build off of that like um yeah Nice, and so you did two. Uh, you did an EP with Ambiguous Culture, and then an album, right? Yeah, well, I guess you could say there were two okay. EPs. I guess the two yeah. EPs. Okay, mm-hmm. and then those are now. Th- you can still find those on Apple Music and Spotify. Yeah, those are, yeah. Mm-hmm. still find no those. No doubt. Yeah. Now you say you write a lot. Can you explain me how your process goes when you start writing, and like, do you just have an idea and like, oh man, I gotta write this down, or do you set a time throughout the day, like? this hour i'm just gonna be like flowing and just writing all your ideas how does that exactly work for you um for me um i tend to i tend to write like in in like bits and pieces like i i'm actually like i i I like to i honestly feel like i'm a very slow writer compared to other people i know like i know some mcs like they can just pull up into a session and then like you know, they hear a beat or something and then they got the whole verse done like that same night and they recorded that same night and everything like that. Um, me personally, though, like I like I'll, you know, I'll do a piece here, a piece there and stuff like that. Like so like if let's say like I'm in that same situation, like I'll go and I'll start writing. But I'm I'm typically the dude who has to like take it home and be like, all right. Let me uh, take this beat home and like let me um you know write and kind of like let me let me marinate on this like for a little bit and like um and it, and it doesn't always like you know like um 
it doesn't always like lead up to me just like finishing everything in one succession. I although I do feel um when I was younger or like when I first started, like I used to kinda like just be able to like knock something out like, you know, like on the spot. And don't get me wrong, I still can, like if push comes to shove. But I've also learned too now to kinda like I don't know, like just um you know, like not necessarily rush things. Like, you know, like if I feel an idea or if if I do get writer's block, you know, I'll just tell myself like, fuck it. Like I can come back to this like mm. in a week or two and stuff like that. So even right now with like the project I'm working on now, like um my most uh, recent stuff, like I have like five, six songs and I have like bits and pieces of them done. Like some of them have hooks um, and verses. Some of them are hooks with no verses. Some of them are like hooks with the first verse and then the missing second verse, and like um. But I'll I'll be constantly hearing like all those rough drafts back all the time, you know. Like um, when I'm going about my day, you know, when I'm listening to music and stuff, um, and so I'll always be kind of like adding like tidbits, you know, like um, and even and even if and and sometimes like I'm writing even though I'm not physically picking up the pen, you know, like because even just doing that, like even just hearing hearing the, you know, the five, six songs that I am working on, if I'm hearing them on my way to car, like in my car, like on my way to work that day, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm still pulling ideas in my head, even though I'm not necessarily like physically writing down and stuff. And so like, what I'll do is I'll let it simmer. And then even if I go to work that day, I'll come back home that night, you know, and then I'll kind of think about things, you know, like, um, and just kind of pull from ideas, you know, like, um, as I go through my day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you do any vo- uh, voice recording? Like you use your phone and you're like, oh, I need to record this, and you just start spitting on your phone and just do any voice voice memos itself. Um, I- I'll do more voice memos like for performance reasons. Like oh, if okay. I- if I'm rehearsing for a show, okay. If I have a show coming up, um, I'll I'll like record. Uh, I'll voice record like my me like rehearsing and practicing like the to set. hear the way you sound you know just to hear okay. it more so for the way i sound but as far as like voice recordings I, I don't not i don't necessarily do too many recordings before i go to the studio um because really for me like before i go to the studio it's just about like just actually practicing it or like you know or actually rehearsing or whatever like what it is that i'm, I'm gonna record and stuff so yeah like i, I tend to use them more for performance okay that's cool yeah. man Dope. Mm-hmm. Now take us through what it's like to be an independent artist. Like take us through like the struggles and the hardships of like, you know, getting your music out there, getting it heard. Like what is it like to be an independent artist in today's, you know, climate? Um basically just involves wearing every single hat, you know, like um for yourself pretty much. Like you're your own manager, you're your own um you're your own promoter, you're your own booking agent um your your own merchandise manager like all these different things and so it's just um really being able to just manage your time effectively to be able to take care of all these like different facets um which i'm not i'm you know i'll be honest i'm not necessarily like i'm trying to get better with it you know because those are that's probably that's really the hardest in my opinion i think that's the the hardest hurdle in today's um game you know like is you know you you're asking musicians like you know to now assume the role or assume the roles of what all these people from like you know um, record companies used to do back in the day 
And so the issue is, is that not every artist is able to like adapt like um to those changes. You know what I'm saying? Some of us just want to, we just want to write music, put it out. You know what I'm saying? Focus Go, on the art. Yeah. Like not, you know what I'm saying? Well, cause you, you can be a great musician or artist, but it doesn't necessarily mean like you're great at engaging people through social media or you're great at social media promotion mm-hmm. and things like that though. So I feel like, um, being an independent artist and um, nowadays it's it's how do you find the the medium between all that and in turn make it effective for you and whatever it is you're trying to like get out you know um, yeah and so yeah like that's I feel like the 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 biggest like hurdle. With what would be uh, your advice to other independent artists about like maybe one to just maybe want to start or they're starting their musical journey? What would your advice be to them? As someone who's been in the game for like nine years now. Yeah, just you know, um start small, like don't don't try to outdo yourself. You know what I'm saying? Um just you know, have have a have a very uh practical approach to everything and just just, you know, execute, you know, because um, I feel like so many people, uh, even me myself, like um you you can get super hung up and like when you're going through your creative process or your writing and stuff like that that sometimes like um you know whether it's like you just being such a perfectionist or you just being so critical of yourself that like in turn like you'll you end up not releasing shit or you end up having waiting a long time to release stuff which is what's honestly what's happened with me you know like since i haven't done ambiguous culture stuff you know i've only dropped three songs in the past three years mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying but um and a lot of it has been my own like bottleneck of just like you know like i i put ideas together but then i'll kind of like put them away for a bit you know and then i'll kind of come back to a song later and then and same thing when it comes to like just like trying to put out music videos and all that stuff like that though so i feel like to anybody who's starting up man just like I said, start small and take it one idea at a time and try to just like execute like that one idea to the fullest. And then once it's out, you know, like, um, you know, put it, you know, like in sports, they say, put it all out on the floor, you know, well, you know, put it all out on the wax or whatever, you know, yeah. and then once it's out there, you know, it's out there, you know, like, and, and for the people who like stuff, like, you know, let them like it. And people don't, you know, like, um, that's cool too, you know, yeah. like, um, but just trying to stay consistent. Cause I, I feel like, um, uh, yeah, like for me, like, you know, um, I'll psych myself out, like just trying to like think of what to release, but then I'll be like, yeah, nah, I should release this one. Nah, I should do this one. Mm. And then in turn, you know, three, four months go by and then neither of the songs got released yeah. because I was being indecisive, you know, right. like, and so I feel like for every creative out there, like, you know, like, wow, well, don't, don't nest, don't rush or don't be sloppy, you know, like, but, but still like try to, try to put a, you know, try to put an end game on things and be like, all yeah. right, like, try I want to deadline. this, I want to yeah. make sure, yeah, put deadlines, you know, on things and set goals, you know what I'm saying? And even if you don't necessarily like hit numbers or, you know, it didn't come out to the way the outlook was, you know, like just recalibrate it from there, you know, like, um, as you're going along, you know, and. Cause it could be very like intimidating, bro. Like I feel like like oh like should I do this or that? Maybe it doesn't sound right. Maybe it needs like, more production. But I think like well, 
it is the more you keep doing it, the more you like, hey man, fuck it, let me just release it, exactly. and, I, and I'll learn from it, and then I'll do it this way, mm. and then I'll just keep moving on to the next project, like keep putting stuff out there, yeah. and you'll just keep growing. Like, hey, you know what? It was my best track, exactly. but look, I got it out, and I'm I'm gonna do it this this way differently. You know what exactly. I'm saying? Exactly. So you don't get stuck. You're like, oh shit, like I haven't done shit in five months, but if like let's say you're just consistently putting stuff out, like okay, you're gonna get better and better and better mm-hmm. each time, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's pretty much it. Like, you know, it's like in sports, like, you know, like, or it's like getting playing time, you know, like you just got to, you know, like the more reps yeah. and the more minutes you get, yeah. though, you know, the, the better more, you're going to get, the yeah. better you're going to get. And sometimes, and sometimes like nothing, nothing really prepares you for it than actually just, you know, being thrown into the water itself. Just and Just so, doing it. And yeah. even if you got to, even if you got to like learn through through mistakes, you know, like, um, like those early records, you know, like I had to, I had to put out, you know, badly mixed or badly, bad quality records, you know, to, to learn, you know, like, okay, like to get feedback from people at some point, you yeah. know, to learn like, yo, like, well, here, here, here's, here's a, you know, these are better mixing engineers or these are better resources and stuff like that though, you know, like, um, which is important, but, but you know, but if you don't take those initial cracks, you know, you don't take those throws into the end zone early on you know what i'm saying like um like i said you just get stuck reading the playbook the whole time you know (laughs) instead of ever getting onto the field you know forgive me as i speak in sport metaphors (laughs) you remember you know how much i love Uh, to speak everything's a sport metaphor for me man Man. (laughs) okay i like it i like it yeah yeah. (laughs) all right bye so uh you we're actually gonna play one of your tracks tonight and uh we're gonna do vibes with you so tell us a little bit about that and uh you know how that came about. Um, it's a real simple, just feel good song. You know, just about um, just you know vibing and just feeling yourself. You know, like mm-hmm. that's kind of uh that uh that's what that song is really just about. You know, like um, chilling that, with uh, your girl. That 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 self affirmation. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Of just believing in yourself and all that you know like that's kind of all it was about wasn't wasn't too much crazy like there wasn't like any like crazy moment or story or anything that kind of like influenced it like on that level okay so you just felt like making a song is just all about the vibes oh yeah yeah you know that one too like um uh, me and my my bro piano black we just really just built that one from scratch dude like um it was uh from one of our sessions where um you know he just goes and starts like you know he'll start kind of playing out like a snippet you know like um on the keys yeah and then we were just like yo let's go with something chill you know like um something you know sometimes like you know sometimes it's just cool to just kind of be real real easy you know what i'm saying even when it comes with like lyrics and lyrical content you know um i feel like especially over the years like um I've kind of learned that like not everything has to be you know like um overly creative. Everything has to be woke or everything yeah. has to be like some type of like you know crazy like extended lyrical metaphor for right like, you know something or you know not everything has to be preaching. Sometimes stuff. people just want to vibe. Yeah, exactly, and so that's kind of where where that song just came from. You know, like um. So y'all was just vibing out, and then it just came and just appeared, man. Just like, <laughs> that's it. Literally, you were just chilling, yeah. bro. Y'all just Lit- vibing. Literally, literally, yeah, man. Just uh, you know, wanted to, wanted to create something for people to just you know 
smoke too, but just, you know, like, but, you know, feel themselves. You too, hear that? Man. So pause the podcast and roll up right now. <laughs> Cause you about to vibe. Go roll yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or pack a fatty, you know, or you just pop a couple beers or a seltzer or whatever you're into and uh, enjoy this one. So yeah, we're here on the bonus room here with Vaya, and this is Vibes with You. Ladies and gentlemen, so that was Vibes with You by Vaya. That's a dope track, man. That's one of my favorite fucking tracks, man. The production on that track is crazy. Oh, yeah, it's hot, bro. Yeah, man. Well, we also got another one that we're going to play for you guys today. Zodiac. <laughs> the second one is going to be Zodiac. So, Vaya, tell us a little bit about that one. Man, so pretty much the, the inspiration for that one was just basically... um. Anybody who's ever been on a bad date or a bad experience where you just didn't vibe somebody and then, you know, you just wish you could have connected better, you know, um, that's kind of what it was about. But interestingly enough, like I didn't um, when I was writing like the verses and stuff, I didn't really um, 
I decided not to actually do a lot of actual astrology and zodiac sign references because um, I'm not like necessarily that into astrology like that, yeah. but I do kind of find it interesting. Like you know when people are, I guess. Yeah. Um, you always meet somewhat. that girl that's like, "Hey, what are you? Oh, you're that yeah. sign of <laughs> you. Yeah, when we're not compatible." <laughs> and so like, <laughs> you know, like um, so so yeah, I just kind of wanted to really make it more so at least like the 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 vibes of the lyrics you know like to be just more about that feeling of what it feels like when you connect with somebody and then that feeling of when you don't connect with somebody and how at the end of the day it's just um it's just a cosmic force that you know we can't really explain but um you know it's just my version of kind of poking fun at it all and without further ado here is zodiac by Valle. I spy just a little cutie. Five seven, see from heaven with a big old body. No disrespect, and I'm just being goofy. Every fella show their shots, I see it. Why you chose it? Approach the situation differently. Got me back at birth instead. Hit it off pretty instantly. Might be living in an instant. I'm thinking maybe after all, shit, you could be my one to Dre that there's this one song he did on like one of his first mixtapes when I was still working with him yeah. 
and he did a song called Ups and Downs. Ups and bro, Downs. That shit went hard. If Dre ever does another show and I go to it, I'm going to text you, bro. I'm like, bro, please just do that one for me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Most one. Most of those are all retired. Bro. Now nah, you can bring it back, man. That's such a good like one. old mixtape. Bro, the beat went so hard on that. Like <laughs> Will I live? How's that first line go? Song, song crazy. You might have to perform it, too, oh, tonight. Not forever. I Ups, downs. What's it going? What's you it know go? what's funny, bro? Is honestly, man, I, I, I can't even probably. You forgot it now. I don't nah. think I remember the, the lyrics. Really? No, nah, if you play, those early remember ones? it. Play real quick. Play real quick. Find it on your iTunes. Play. I want to I I, I hear it. I still have the Generation Why Not. Uh-oh. 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 We're going to go down bad memory days, lane real days. quick. Just got to keep on going. Uh. Yeah. Can I live? Them hard to start Jay-Z In third grade, some people might have labeled me just crazy I wanted to be just like them I'm searching for what's righteous I'm grinding over Biden Putting work in overtiming Like a quasar, I be shining You have yet to realize it I've been told, y'all That I work hard into the day I'm dying All these other kids They just want to party hardy But I say fuck trying to party When I'm trying to build my army Too many rap dudes These days it's cliche More than weed and songs The bitches, them cliches I escape all these other rap dudes. I swear, some of them be fake talking about they rapping, but I don't see them up on these stage. I'm at that fucking point where I don't care if you don't like me, but I'm showing love to all those who just swear they really like me. Yet, despite that, I have my days where I just feel down, but I never let my down days be what I'm all about. Y'all better for me. It goes Highs, lows, ups and downs Happy faces on the end of film My ups and downs, let me send this up My ups and downs, let me send this up Let me send this up, let me send this up Let me send this up, let me send this up My ups and downs, let me send this up My ups and downs, let me send this up It goes highs, lows, ups and downs Happy faces on the end of film My ups and downs, let me send this up My ups and downs, let me send this up Let me send this up, let me send this up Let me send this up, let me send this up My ups and downs, let me send this up You should, bro Added um, some touches to it. Yeah, because even when, like, at that time, man, like... um, It's still super raw. Part of the reason why, like, yeah, like, I don't go back and, like, play a lot of my old stuff from that time was because I just feel like a lot of my later shit just was better. Yeah. And not not only that, but, like, even, like, at the time, like, when I, like, uh, was dropping and releasing all that shit, Mm -hmm. like, um, as far as, like, how I mixed and mastered, you know, like, all that shit at that time, dude, like, um... I really didn't know what the fuck I was doing, really, like, mm-hmm. um, on that yeah. end, like, you know, so I had, like, you know, my brother did those mixes, like, for us at the time, and, like, yeah. he, like, really, like, had barely, barely even, like, learned, like, or knew anything about, like, That's when he was going to Citrus and stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, like, he barely, really even knew about engineering, so we just kind of did it, you know, like, me and him just, like, fucking A-being everything, um, and, like, so even when I, when I hear those songs now, I'm like, fuck, like, like, yeah, man, we're tight, you know what I'm saying, but I do think, like, we could have done, like, like as far as like they would actually be cool to like um like especially a lot of those beats and like um those from sound fun and shit yeah, like sound that. Funnin'. I feel like dude, like if we were to like kind of re-record them or redo them, you know what I'm saying? Um, uh, I think that it would actually sound like uh that one was better. hard, so bro. I thought about it. especially that beat actually. Yeah. Cause, um, I've actually even like um like uh kind of thought of like little like alternative like like. Um, lyrics like I, I have mm-hmm. like a like a actually believe it or not like I have like a not a full verse but I was kind of like started like um like toying around with like like a different verse you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. kind of like more so in like the in the realm of how I would rap like now like you yeah know what I'm saying and like like how, how Valle would, would rap like not different. Mr. Andre Sinatra mm. yeah yeah because also too like 
man, my voice sounded different then. Yeah. And like, <laughs> yeah, you're like 21 here, probably. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, and it was just different, man. Like, uh, like, yeah, that that was the first. You know, that was my first ever project. Well, technically, my second one actually. Yeah. Sinatra, because actually, I had actually released some shit called Publicly Arrived that I had dropped in um in Chicago. Mm. Uh, before I had, like before this one, before, before Generation one. But Why that not? one. What's yeah. funny is that that one was like, that one was probably even like, like worse, dude. Like, or not like worse in terms of like uh. That 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 project doesn't even like really exist like I think like on any platforms or anything really? like that because well, like it was like I mean and not to be like make it sound bad but it was like at the time like it just wasn't you know it was so like um it was I guess it was just so bad that like fuck like I didn't feel like comfortable like keeping it up there and stuff but that's because at that time like I had no idea like you know like about anything about like how to like how to finish songs, like I said, yeah. like just finishing things like on the post production end. Like yeah. I literally was just like it was just raw recording shit yeah. like in the in the dorm room of like where I was at, like in, in Chicago at the time. And like fucking you know, like just have the homie mix and master it and which isn't bad, but obviously you just have to like know like what the fuck like yeah you're doing. And so, you know, like when I look back at that at that like that music, I'm just like fuck like like yeah, I was like, damn, like we, I really was just like, <laughs> just young. Raw, raw, these are basically like yeah. garage, like garage style yeah. demos, yeah. like you know, like yeah, when, I remember when, when I hear back on it, like <laughs> but that shows. It's but so, I, I, it, it is always like flattering and tight to hear, like you know, like everybody from like the old blaze era, like <laughs> still like fucking <laughs> yeah, bro. That 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 was like that was the one song I wrote because I remember I saw you perform it uh, live at the airliner, nice, and you just went like ham with it. And I remember, I think that was the night they put you like in the in the yard or whatever, and like uh, they put you like in the because there's like there's a main there's a stage that was above on the second level, yeah, and then there was like the the backyard or the patio. And I remember they put you there and you did that song and it just it went hard and I was like, oh, this is this is, this is dope yeah. stuff, yeah, because it was cool, man. Uh, so how would you describe the current state of hip hop in today's climate? Like, what what is it? Is it good? Is it? Is it involving or do you, Oh, I think it's great. You know, like, um, what I think was funny is like, I tell people like that. I actually think, um, hip hop and rap is like one of the most diverse genres, like of music, you know, like I, we're up there with like, with like heavy metal and like death metal in terms of like, if you, you meet people who are like metal heads, like you know, there's so many different, like, genres of punk music and metal music and, like, all this stuff. Or it's kind of like, like, even, like, how there's, like, so many genres of, like, house music, yeah. acid house, trap house. Yeah. And I think hip-hop is on that level. House. Yeah. And I say hip-hop is on that level because, you know, it's, it's rhythm and poetry. But as far as, like, how you want to theme the lyrics or the words behind it, you there there's something out there for everybody. You know what I'm saying? From whether it's... You look at like the most gangster trap artists, you know, that are out there. But then you also look at like, you know, the people who are like the opposite of that. You know what I'm saying? Like you can be, you know, you can be a nerdy guy who raps about being a nerd. Logic. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and you can, you know, find success off of that. And you yeah. can be, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, like um anything, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, like look at Little Dicky. You know what I'm saying? Little Dicky. There's somebody yeah. who's better... <laughs> A career rap, of some, yeah. uh, talking about him having a small penis you know what i'm saying and he <laughs> and now he has that, a show and he now used he... that to 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 you know as part of his you know i don't I, what do you want to say branding or Style, whatever you want to say yeah. but 
you know, he was being real with himself, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, he used something about him that anybody else would have probably felt be super insecure, of, yeah. be ashamed of, and he learned how to use that, you know what I'm saying, in, in, career, in how yeah. he engages, you know, with his fans and, like, his audience and stuff like that. And that, I feel like that's the beauty of hip-hop. Hip, like, um, And that's what I mean when I say, like, we're the most diverse genre because you have people from Little Dicky to Little Dirk, you know what I mean? Like, um... Mm. And so, like, um, a lot of different personalities. So, like, when people ask me where, I, where the state of it nowadays, I feel like it's in a great state because it's more diverse now than it ever has been. Now, if that's, like, now, if that's necessarily, I don't agree with, like, everything or I don't want, or, like, as far as, like, what's put on a commercial level, you know, like, that's different. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, because there's, you know, like, there's guys, like, you know, like there's stuff that I feel like is of commercial quality and then there's stuff that isn't, you know what I'm saying? But the right. beauty of, I feel like, of where we're at nowadays with social media is that um, what I think is tight is that anybody can have a voice, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, regardless of, like I said, whatever, like, you know, um, whether you're Little Dirk or Little Dicky, you know, like anybody can have a voice, you know? And so I think that's what, what makes it tight. So, like, you know, I'm very hopeful because... There, there's so many good, um, great artists that are out, you know, whether they get the, the commercial platform or not, you know, like um, the music is out there. You just have to be willing to go find it. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, that's the one thing I like about um, today's, like, musical climate is, like, it's so accessible. Like, to for people to say that, oh, there's, there's no good music out there anymore, like, yeah, there is. There's a ton of good music. Like, there's... There's amazing, there's so much amazing music out there that there will probably be songs we die and never got the chance to listen to and we probably would have loved. Like, that's how much amazing music there is out there. Absolutely. So, it being more accessible now is just, is just, it's a great thing. And hip-hop too, I mean, hip-hop is, uh, is an interesting genre just because, like, it, it, it kind of started in the shadows of rock and roll and now it's like rock, it's kind of pushed rock and roll, like out of the scene like it's hard to find i mean rock and roll is still made every single day but commercially you hardly see it anymore yeah like you know k-rock is more of like an oldies radio station now where it just plays a bunch of 90s and 2000s hits mm -hmm. doesn't really play anything that's new and where hip-hop is just completely overtaken mm -hmm. uh the musical scene and even when there was a time where we thought edm was kind of gonna jump in that front runner spot you know and kind of overtake hip-hop Hip hop merged with it, Do took mainstay. what, yeah, took what uh, EDM was using like trap and dubstep and turned it into this whole new thing. Where now like guys like Travis Scott and uh, and who, who's the other guy I'm missing? Future, Future, and all these other guys yeah. who are like trap hip hoppers. Like now, like that's the that's like a really big genre in itself, and it's really popular. Where it's just it's just bringing people from all different types of musical backgrounds and musical taste and bringing it to hip hop. Where now hip hop was like where you thought there was just other genre that was kind of gonna overtake it. It's like nah nah like yeah. we've now become something else and now it's like even yeah. bigger than ever. So it's mm -hmm. it's an interesting genre and I just it's the biggest genre in in the world. Like I still oh, yeah. think yeah. a lot of people listen to hip hop. Yeah, um, remember Flowrider? Remember how Flowrider mm -hmm. adapted oh, yeah. all EDM? 
Um, but yeah, no, I agree. EDM still a really, really big genre, and it's a, it's grown so yeah, much. It, but still in the world, like I, I feel like hip hop's still there. You know, still got that. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, yeah but EDM's yeah. like right behind it. You guys like EDM's. Huge, I don't know if it's know? right behind it. I think it's, I think there's. That, I mean, you when pop, you got well, what? pop music's always there. Pop it's music always, is its own genre yeah. in itself because it's just like guys like uh, Harry Styles and yeah, you know like and Dua Lipa and, stuff and like that. you know yeah. 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 Uh, so Demi Lovato and Demi all that. Lovato, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that, that stuff has mm-hmm. its own, you know. But, but that's what's but that's what's dope about rap is that rap is kind of getting or hip hop is getting into that tier now. You know, yeah, like it's evolving constantly. Cardi B and yeah, you know, Megan Thee Stallion, Nas X, and yeah. all these guys like yeah. dominating the charts. Like and like I said, and even though that's just one one aspect of the genre, yeah. Like I said, you know, what's the commercial stuff? Like I said, because people who always like, because you know, like I, I do. Like you know, how people people use the the more commercial rappers as an example to say like, oh, rap sucks. But I'm like, yeah. dude, like, but mind you, like, that's not all the rap that's out there right now. No. There's so many more like, at all. artists, you know, like beyond like what's on the the commercial on the commercial side, level. Yeah. But even but even for those guys who are on that level, like, it is dope to just see that, like, yeah, like, you know, like. When you look at the Billboard Hot 100, like you know, there's always rap songs, like you know, like that are in the, the top majority. ten and all that. Yeah, and I would say the majority are. So, yeah, I'm just so like so, I'm I'm happy to see that it, it's really come this far and that it's it's just ever evolving. Yeah, I'm interested to see like what happens in the future because every genre has its time. You know, jazz had its time as being the biggest genre in the world. Rock and roll obviously had its time hip-hop is now in that time we are living in that time and i'm just curious to see what happens because i thought for, i thought in the early 2010s i thought edm was going to be that next thing and it was going to completely overtake hip-hop but it didn't and like hip-hop just evolved and became even bigger um and so i'm interested to see what happens in the future and, you know even just being being a part of it as you are via just like you know seeing independent artists um kind of you know, recreate what their version of hip hop. Like I know a lot of guys who are in the hip hop gang right now. And um it's just interesting to see what they've done. It's it's interesting to see how they've now involved Afro Cuban beats with oh. like the Spanish music. You know, we had a guest G C who he he was a hip hop artist and now he incorporates a lot of Afro Cuban beats and how guys are working with Bad Bunny and J Balvin and Maluma yeah. and they got going, man. Yeah, crazy and, right now. You know what I mean? So it's like so it's, many cats. It's interesting to see how it's fusing with other mm-hmm. genres and just be it's just it's evolving yeah, and yeah. it's that's how stay that's how it survives, man. Because you know how yeah. like, hip hop has gone through like gangsta, mm-hmm. the East Coast, the Southern era, the yeah. West Coast back, but so yeah, I love yeah. it. Right now it's all Afro beats and reggaeton. They're mixing with yeah. Them. yeah. That's the diversity, you know. I was talking about like I just think that basically you have all these different cultures now putting their spin on it and putting mm-hmm. their take on it you bad know? bunny so yeah that's why we have all this dope music coming out you know like um it's an exciting time mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. No, no doubt you know like and um and even for me being just like a like a latino artist like you know like um like i'm one of the few salvadorian rappers that's out there and so like you know, even something like that is is unique within itself. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And so, me putting out music, you know what I'm saying? Like it's me putting my take and my spin on it. You know what I'm saying? Because obviously, you know, people have been rapping for 30, 40 years now. You know, and longer than that. But now it's like, okay, like when I put it out, it's like, so what is the 
what's this Salvadorian American kid from South Central? What's what's his take on it? What's you your contribution? What yeah. And so what's what's his what's it gonna sound like coming from there? And um and and I said this too, like uh like I, I do think um and even just for like a lot of Latino people in general, I, I do think that um the the time for a lot of like Latino crossover and all that stuff, like I do feel like we're gonna see more and more of that, especially like in this next decade. Um and um and like obviously you know we're seeing it with like Bad Bunny, but mm-hmm. I think we're gonna see more of it out here on the American level because, you know, like people like me, you know, I'm a first being first generation, you know what I'm saying? Like uh and, you know, like as far as like even just Mexican American rappers and all this stuff like that, like we've heard we've only had like very, very, very few of them, you know, to have yeah. come and even made it like on a on a commercial level or anything like that. Like and Cypress so, Hill. And so and, I, yeah. I think I think we're 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 due for the next wave and the next genre or I don't say genre, but we're due for like the next wave of like, you know, as far as like hip hop goes, like we're gonna start to see, okay, what is the the Salvador the Salvadorian American experience behind this or the the Mexican American experience behind this? You know what I'm it's, saying? It's because, already started a little it's, bit. It's not what it was in the '90s, and and you already see it. Yeah, like if you like follow LA rap, you know, mm-hmm. like there's guys like um like I don't know if you guys know like uh, uh like Cypress Moreno. I'm I'm not familiar you know, with like, names. And so, so 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 there's yeah. like you know like it's starting to get here. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like guys who are like you know he's a uh, believe a uh, Salvadorian um, slash Guatemalan, I think, uh, you know, like rapper slash producer who's like kind of making his waves like around town yeah. and stuff like that. And um, but again, like, you know, that's that's something that we're seeing for the first time. And then um, and as far as like even like, you know, even, you know, in New York with like Puerto Ricans and like Dominicans and all that stuff like that and um, all that stuff like we're, we're going to see more like Takashi 69 whether mm-hmm. you fuck with him or not you know what i'm saying i do think that you're going to see more like latino artists you know what i'm saying yeah, but not just like latino artists but that aren't necessarily like him you know it's kind of like just how like you know like uh you know like you're going to start to see different types of latino artists you know what i'm saying just kind of like how i was saying how there's like little dirk and little dicky mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying there's latino rappers out there who you know, maybe aren't gangster, but they're more alternative. You know what I'm saying? Like, which, yeah. which is what I, that's personally what I've always like, like me, like, I've always considered myself that to be kind of more like, I'm, I'm rap alternative, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Because, you know, like, I, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm LA, you know, like I grew up in South Central and although I grew up in the hood, you know what I'm saying? Like I never was a gangbanger or none of that stuff like that though. So as far as like, you know, like my story and my journey, it's like, how do I tell this story? Even though like everybody, you know, when you tell somebody, oh yeah, you're from LA South Central, you know, they expect you to <laughs> rap about like trapping and all this shit yeah. like that though. But so for me, it's like, how do, how do I tell my story my way? You know what I'm saying? Like in a way where people can understand that. It's true you to know, yourself. Like, um, yeah. But it's, and the reality of it is it is that it, it, it hasn't been told before. You know what I'm saying? Like there is no like, like who would you say like like if people people like try to act like I try to when people ask me like who would you compare yourself to I guess like and I say sometimes like not necessarily sound wise but if but like I don't sound like them but if I were to make a comparison I would say it's like 
it's sort of like a Latino, like Lupe fiasco type of vibe. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, that's actually a good comparison. And I, and I say it not because I sound or rap right. like Lupe or anybody out there. Cause I don't, I'm not trying to say <laughs> I sound or rap like Lupe fiasco at all. But what I mean is like, kind of like how, how when Lupe first came out, it was this black alternative. He's like, damn, he's a black skater. You yeah, know what push. I'm saying? Like he's Kick a black push. rocker or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Even though that culture had always been around, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? If you go to eighties, New York, you know what I'm saying? There was all kinds of black punks, you know what I'm I saying? Got. And fools going to the shows and, but he was the first one that really showed that wave to larger audiences like yeah. that. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't the be baggy like, jean like, wearing. Yeah, like you, you can yeah. be the, the black nerdy kid and stuff like that. And so I'm hoping that as far as my story, I can, you know, I feel like that's kind of part of where where my story is. Is like, you know, like I'm this Latino kid from South Central, you know, like I rap. This is my artistry. But I'm not gangster, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm more alternative, and I feel like that's the side of, of, of Latinos that I feel like we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna leave our our print on music with that, you know what I'm saying? And, yeah, I, th- and I think we're and seeing it's, the beginnings of it, and yeah. it's already happened. Like yeah. uh, not just on the hip hop level, but if you guys like like la music and stuff like if you guys heard of like chicano batman and yeah like chicano batman Ozo yeah. Motley, you already see this the the latinx is what they call it mm-hmm. you know like the latinx genre or, or the latinx movement which of is music. like which is like the lowrider kind of music mm-hmm. and you know it's slow tempo but it's like rock it's kind of has like a 50s doo-wop style but it's also new mm-hmm. and contemporary but, but we're all what it is though is that or however you want to describe it but like but i consider it these are all first second slash third generation mm-hmm. la latino kids you know what Chicanos, i'm saying yeah. and so so the narrative the narrative is different than you know in the 90s you know these mm-hmm. guys like you know when you had like kid frost and mm. cypress hill rapping you know yeah. what i'm saying like we're not gonna you know the latinos going up out here we're not all gonna be able to rap about la raza and yeah and being essays and stuff yeah. like that you oh. know what i'm saying like um and i think that that story has yet to be told but i do think that we're gonna see it unfold because we're starting to already see the rise of like that latin crossover you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying you already see how bad bunny and reggaeton yeah. and all that's being real received so i think now is it's uh especially going into this next decade and with us being in the new decade i do think that we're gonna see more rise of like latino artists and like and not just rap but like i said in different genres you know like i'm sure yeah there's all t- there's so many great like you know musicians and mm-hmm. people who do different things and and actually i would even say it's beyond artistry man like i think that this 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 um this first second third generation wave of latino people that are out here like i feel like we just have yet to leave our mark on society just in 100%. general you know what i'm saying like um, whether, especially obviously me being Salvadorian, you know, cause I tell people all the time, I'm like, there's no famous Salvadorian out here in America. Who's like, no. who, who's on TV or in music or even a famous doctor or like anything you could think of and all that stuff. But that's no. just because literally everybody who's a Salvadorian American right now, like your first generation, your parents came here in the eighties. So you're, you're probably the first generation out here. And so what it is is that we're all now barely getting to like, you know, we're all in our 20s now if you were born in the 90s or whatever. So we're all getting to that point where we're going to be able to leave our marks on societies, whether it's being doctors, lawyers or rappers or whatever. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, I think that story is uh, something that has is going to be told, you know, like um, in the years to come. Nice. Yeah. And uh, one thing I've just to take it back on how uh, Latinos are getting more involved in hip hop, I actually... Um, 
uh, I heard uh, a kid rapping on a corridos beat. And, like, there's, like, this style of corridos that is now hip-hop where, like, they're rapping. And it's crazy because I heard it and I actually kind of messed with it because I don't really mess with, like, a lot of, like, the banda and corridos and ranchera music. But hearing it kind of in a hip-hop beat, it was actually pretty dope. It still had the accordion, still had, like, the guitars and the, the basses, but it just it was dope. And so, yeah, uh, so it's crazy to see. So I think we're seeing a lot of more of that fusion and – it's crazy how history repeats itself because like jazz experienced the exact same thing. Like it, it went through like its fusion stages where like Latinos made their mark on on uh, on jazz, and it's just it's just crazy to see how uh, you mm-hmm. know history tends to repeat itself, and kind of hip hop is now going through that phase. So, but that's why it makes me even more interested because like in the in the in the thirties, what's that new genre that's gonna knock it off? Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it develops into something else. Maybe it's not to the forties. You know, so it's 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 yeah. interesting to see that and to, you know, knowing that we're we're living in history right now and living through history. Um, but no, I totally get you, man. There's a, definitely an audience because Latinos are the largest growing population here in the United States, man. We're everywhere. And so people are definitely wanted. People want to hear these stories and, and we're excited for it. You know, we just need to get that one person or a couple people to get commercial success. And then it's all over because, we you know, we have our J-Lo and. We have yeah. our Mark Anthony, old though, yeah. you know, like, but then again, but that's yeah. from the older generation. Exactly. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So, so, so now we're looking for that new, you know, like, yeah. man, cause you know, they killed our Selena. Selena's gone. But, yeah, to touch on what Stefan said, I, I heard that too. And I think they're called a uh, Fuerza Regida. And it's a young guy. He's from San Bernardino and he's Mexican yeah. and he's rapping on corridos. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I was blown away. I was like, yeah. what? It, it kind of goes hard, huh? It that's what hard. I mean, though. But that's the that's what I like. That's the Latino renaissance that yeah. I think is coming to. And not just hip hop, but just all kinds of culture yep, that we're going to see like in the years to come, you know, yeah. like um, like uh, it, it's it's everywhere, you know, like and um, and it, and, it, and, it, and it makes me happy. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah, uh, definitely I had to see the that that story, that side of American culture being told, you know? Yeah. So that, that means you got to take that spot, man. Latino rap uh, alternative, man. That's yeah. you, baby. It's up for the taking. The Latino Lupe fiasco. Hey, <laughs> let's, hey, you you heard it here first on the bonus room. Yeah. By hey, man, come on, represent LA, go, baby. Man. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. So uh, that about does it for this episode of the bonus room. Um, Huge shout out and big thank you to my man Valle for coming on and joining us and expressing some of his new music yep, and yep. his passions behind it. So man, we appreciate it, bro. Thank you yeah. for coming on. Thank you guys, man. Yeah, appreciate man. Y'all having me, man. Tell us where uh tell us where our audience can find some of your work. You know, shout out your SoundCloud, your gram, all that. Um, you can check me out on uh Spotify, Apple Music, or any streaming platform if you at uh Valle. Just type in the name uh V A Y A Y. Um, Instagram handle uh, is Valle93, B-A-Y-A-Y-93. And, um, yeah, you can just search for me on any one of those platforms. Um, also have my online store at uh, com as well. And um, looking forward to dropping out uh, this EP because I'll definitely have more stuff on there um, coming soon. All right, guys, that just about does it. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe to the Bonus Room Podcast. We are on all platforms, Apple, Spotify, Deezer, Google Podcasts, all of it. 
Remember to follow the Bonus Room Podcast Instagram page. It is at the Bonus Room Podcast. Until next time, peace out. Love you guys. Peace.